0: I'd like for you to turn in your New Testaments now to John 17, verse 24. And while you're turning there, let me just tell you where we're going this fall. I'm going to start this last Sunday of July and on into the fall in a message series called Organic Spirituality, our journey into union with Christ. We're going to take a journey into the the idea that, that spirituality is not something we build toward God, True spirituality is something God gives us as a gift in union with Christ and how Christ lives within us and all that Christ wants to do for us to glorify Him and enjoy Him. It's going to be a great journey as we discover union with Christ together. Today I'd like to read from John 17, 24, and then I'd like to add John fifteen nine, and I'll kind of come back with that a little later Uh, with that that verse but this is the words of christ in what's called the high priestly prayer the longest recorded prayer of jesus with the father in the garden of gethsemane before he is arrested and and goes to the cross he says and this is the word of god father i want those you have given me to be with me where i am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. In John fifteen nine, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Now, if we're going to talk about what real spirituality is, We need to begin that study with God Himself. And everything that we enjoy and all the reality that there is about God is determined by who God is. Who He really is and what His nature is. And I'd like for you to to write down a sentence, if you don't mind. And I'm just going to kind of work off of the sentence today from John 17, 24. And here it is. God is love who acted in history so we could live in love. God is love who acted in love so we could live in love. He is love. He acted in love so we could live in his love. Now, I want to begin with a word picture and... Uh, you know how, like, on those, uh, a lot of things on television, they have the, the lawyer's disclaimer at the bottom, right? Like, you almost have to have a, like, the Hubble telescope to read it. It's so small. Well, I'd like to make a, 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 a disclaimer here. And that is that any illustrations of the Trinity are going to fail, fail, fail in capturing the, the, the majesty and wonder of who God is. I give you some illustrations today not to accurately and adequately describe the Trinity and all that it means, but to give you a sense of what God is like as Trinity. So let me begin with a word picture this morning. I want you, and this is a very ideal, idyllic idyllic picture I wanted to paint. I want you to think of a, a young couple and I want you to think about how they love one another. They're just this beautiful young couple. They, they love one another. They support one another. They enjoy one another. So you got that? And then one day, at some point, a bundle of joy comes into their lives. A child is born right into their family, right into their arms, and a child is born, and this is what's important to to get, into love that is already there. And uh, this child is born into love. This child is loved with that love. This is how the child learns what love is, and... Learns to love. And, and this, this picture, though it is too idyllic to be real because we know real couples, uh, also struggle because we're fallen. This is a beautiful picture and, and maybe something else important to point out is that the child that came into this relationship does not have the same relationship as this, the husband and wife do. They have a more intimate relationship. They have a marriage relationship. And, and this is a child, and, and yet it's so wonderful because both the father and the mother focus their love on this child. And the child gets to, to benefit, and there is love, and there is support, and there is enjoyment. And here's the point. You are that child. You are that child. Um, God is the prior relationship that you are born into. God is that love. God is that support. God is that joy. God is that glory that you are born into. Uh, You were born into love if you've put your trust in what Christ has done The Bible says we quit trying to be our own Savior. We acknowledge our sin before a holy God. We place our trust for salvation in what Christ has done for us. And we are born again. We are born into God's family. Uh, Born into love, what my old professor Douglas Kelly called, when he talked about the Trinity, the family love of God. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is the family love of God and what difference it makes. So God is love who acted in love so that we could live in his love. Let's begin with God is love. Now, you know, God loves you is an important thing to say. But why is that true? Why is it true? Um, It is true because God is love. God in his very essence, in his very being, is love. And this is so important. If love matters. You know, some people, people have lots of thoughts about what God is like and who God is. Many people think that God is an impersonal force that kind of is behind creation. Not a person, not able to love, impersonal force. That's called Eastern religion. That's what Hindus and Buddhists believe. God's an impersonal force. Others think that God is a personal God, but, but He isn't really involved in the world. Or involved in our lives, uh, he's he is just the creator and the manager of the universe. Oh yes, everything there is is because of God, and God's powerful, God's personal, but you know he kind of sits there at the control panel of the cosmos. He doesn't get involved with us, and and this notion of God loves you is somehow beneath this this God who's just running the universe. Others think. That God is a personal God of absolute holiness who is angry all the time and repelled from people all the time because they are sinners. The Bible does not paint these pictures of God. The Bible says that God is personal, is a personal being with personality and the bible says in 1 john 4 8 that if we don't love if we don't love then we don't know god because god is love there's there it is there's the verse god is love so let me get to the point of this we need to be thankful for what is called the Trinity. Yes, the Trinity is such a point of interesting discussion and debate and mystery in many ways. Can I just tell you the Trinity is essential if love matters and if God is personal and God loves? What is love? God is love. What is love? Love is defined in the scriptures. Love is defined in human experience. I mean, mean, there are a lot of people that have bad definitions of love. But but love is defined as other-centered giving. To be selfish is the opposite of love. Love is to give. You know, God so loved the world that he gave. And so... I want you to think about some of the, the thoughts about who God is. Maybe God's a force. Well, we know that God can't love you because he's not even a person. But then this idea that, and this is more the, the Islamic view of God, that God is one kind of a mono God who is at the control panel of the universe and is to be feared. Uh, and it is to be obeyed, and he'll decide to, based on how much you fear him and obey him, whether whether you're going to have something from him. Well, there must have been a time when nothing existed, right? Y'all do understand, like, when you're talking to an, an atheistic person, and they say evolution's true, therefore Christianity's not true and all this. It's just like, could we just cut to the chase here? Can we just not talk about evolution? I mean, you know, why don't we just talk about you and I, Mr. Atheist, Mrs. A- you and I, Christian Atheist, we're just two people with create, two creation theories. I get mine out of the Bible, and I don't know where you get yours from. I don't want to know about evolution. I want to know where the Big Bang stuff came from to begin with. Oh, matter is eternal. Where does does anything demonstrate that in reality? There had to be a time, if matter is measurable, if matter is, if matter therefore is an effect, there had to be a cause. There had to be something before the thing exploded, if that's your view of the cosmos. And so, I guess we've just got two creation theories going. A biblical one, and the one that Lord only knows what yours is about. Don't let people get away with with not explaining the origins of matter. And why is that important for what we're talking about here? Because there was a time when nothing was but God. And if God is a mono-God, if God is all alone and there's nobody but God, God cannot be love in His makeup because love requires more than one person. You have to be able to give to someone to actually love. And and this is is kind of the the, the wonder of, of of the Trinity. From the earliest chapters in the Bible, God calls himself an us, U.S., us, plural. And throughout the Bible, the Lord is described as one God, Oh, Israel, the Lord is one. Our God is one. Our God is one God, the Scriptures teach, with three persons that make up that one God. This is why it says in Genesis 1.26, that's pretty early in the Bible, Genesis 1, let us make man in our image. That's why it says in the story of the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11.7, let us go down and confuse their languages. And then, you know, like one of the famous passages, you know, when Isaiah is in the temple and, you know, Who will go for us? Here am I, Lord, send me. Have you ever noticed that it says, Who will go for us? Because before there was matter, before there was creation, there was God. And God is love and love can't happen with singularity. This three in one can certainly be hard to grasp, but it is so important because the three persons of the one true God lovingly have perfectly, joyfully, deferringly glorified one another for all eternity and related to one another and loved one another. Before all worlds, there has always been love. Because God is love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit before all worlds. Or we could put it this way, God is relationship. And we are made in His image. Let us make man in our image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female. He created them. We are made in His image. We are made relational. We are made for love. To know and love God and to know and love each other. C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, describes the Trinity, second illustration, woefully inadequate. Describes the Trinity as a kind of dance. In God, he says, is a dynamic, pulsating activity a life. Almost a kind of drama, he says. Almost, if you will not think me irreverent, a kind of dance. And and here we see that, that God's just not some God who's just kind of way back and unconcerned. God is not static. God is active. God is in control. God is love. God is relationship. There is drama and there is drama and beauty in creation. There is relationship. There is a, 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 a beauty in the relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that C.S. Lewis says it's beautiful like a dance. They are with one another and 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 love one another. God in the Trinity is perfectly whole and happy and relational and satisfied and fulfilled. Or any other human word we could say, God did not create people because He needed them. God created the world and created people because He wanted to share His joy. Share His love. And project worship into this cosmos, worship of Him. Project His love into the cosmos, into our very hearts. Isn't that beautiful? God is love. It's a dance of love. It's a a totally committed, beautiful, loving relationship before all worlds. And God did not create us because He needed us. He created us because He wanted to love us. Because He wanted to give us this gift. God is love. Who acted in love so we could live in love. So God is love. He has to be a trinity to be love. Y'all understand that? Secondly, God acted in love. God's love broke out of the heavens, didn't it? It broke into time and space. God acted in His love. You see, in the fall of mankind, we shattered the love relationship that was based on His goodness and His fidelity to us and His love to us. We shattered that. We broke with God. We broke with His love. We said, in essence, we, we can't trust God to give us everything we need. We'll reach for it, we will pick, and we will eat, and we will take charge. And to this day, we are still self-centered. To this day, we are still trying to control it. We are still much more self-oriented than we are giving-oriented by nature. We're fallen, and while we were yet sinners, God the Trinity acted for us. Not because we were beautiful, but because He wanted to give us His love. He wanted to restore us to this relationship. So our passage is important here. And I want to read this slowly again. And I want you to see that God has given Jesus people. That Jesus redeems people. And they become Jesus people. His his people. And they see the glory of Jesus, the second person of God. And you'll see that this glory is like the love that God gave. The Father gave Jesus before anything existed John 17, 24, Father, as he prays to the Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. What does that say about the relationship between the Father and the Son? It says it is a very close relationship. Relationship. It says that it's an eternal relationship. It's before the creation of the world. And that it's a love relationship that is acting in history. In our salvation, the whole Trinity is involved. The whole Trinity is involved. The Father sends the Son. God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. The Son becomes the one who is willing in eternity past to be the the, the fulfillment of all the promises that God would make, the Son agrees to come and sacrifice Himself for us. The Father, when Jesus cries, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever thought about the Father at that moment? This is for us. That Jesus has come, Jesus has taken our sins upon Himself, the ones that keep us from God. The ones that, that destroy our relationship with God. And you know what? We're going to get rid of all of them. Because God is 100% holy. And it's going to be God Himself who gets rid of them, because nobody else counts. When it is sin before God, it has to be a God-man. It has to be God Himself that removes the sin to restore the relationship. And Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the Father smites him. You get it? I mean, this is painful, so to speak. This is sacrificial on the Father's part. You know, the Father who loved Jesus, the Son, before the creation of the world, punishes him in our place, not only with excruciating physical Crucifixion, but also the experiencing of hell that we deserve. So the Father sends the Son, and the sin the Son takes our sin among uh, upon Himself, and and is sacrificed for us. And and the Spirit comes and makes us alive as we hear the gospel preached to be able to see what God has done for us in Christ. The Spirit applies salvation. ...to our lives. The Spirit regenerates us, brings us to life. I mean, just, just stop for a minute. The whole Trinity's involved. If you know and love God this morning, it is not because you were good. It is because God is love. And He was loved before the creation of the world. And He acted. His love broke into time and space. And the Father sent Him. And the Son died on a cross. And the Father smote Him. And He rose from the dead. And He lives to give salvation... To all who will come to Him, and the Spirit opens our eyes and opens our heart, and God comes into our life. The whole Trinity is involved in our salvation. Without the Trinity, you don't experience God. We got to go back to that mono God. We've got to go back to that God who is not three persons, who is not love. Who kind of is up there angry and mad and just waiting to see if you're going to obey and do what you're supposed to do. No, we would not know God unless God came to us. God, in former times, spoke to us through His prophets. And in these last days, He has come to us, He has spoken to us in His Son. And it is through the Word given and the Word made flesh. God came to us. You don't know God unless He comes to you. You you can't rise to God. One thing you've got to understand about salvation is you can't get there. God's got to come down here. You wouldn't know God unless there was a Son of God whom the Father loved before the foundation of the world. You would not know God unless there was a Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God brings the truth and exalts Jesus in our midst and opens our hearts to the truths of the Gospel. It's so wonderful that God is a Trinity because you would never know Him if He were just static in heaven Waiting to see what you might do. Don't you love the fact that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Father, Jesus says, I, I want those you've given to me to be with me. This is before he goes to the cross. And he's explaining what's about to happen. So that they can see my glory. And have the love, Father, that you've loved me with before the foundation of the world. The only reason that God can live within us is because he is Trinity who acted, who broke into time and space and has broken into our lives by the agency of the Holy Spirit. So God is love who acted in love. The last part is so we could live in his love. R.C. Sproul says one of the key insights of Trinitarian theology that God is Trinity is that what Christ enjoys by nature, we enjoy by grace. Christ by nature is loved by the Father, loved by the Spirit before all worlds. And here's the thing, through Jesus and what he's done and through the Holy Spirit applying it to our hearts, we're invited up into the family. We get to join the dance. And life becomes meaningful again. Life becomes love with God and with other people again. Life becomes about the glory of Jesus for the first time. You see, in our salvation, God allows us not only to be forgiven in Christ, but we get to join the dance with the Trinity. We're born into a dynamic family love that was already there in God, It's not enough to say God loves you. We must say God is love and God has been love and God has showed us his love in history. And we are invited by the agency of the Spirit, by God alone and his choice alone into this dynamic family love of God. And we get to relate to our Father, our Son, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in this dynamic and living dance with God and His purposes for our lives and His church. See, this isn't just a category change. I used to be lost and I was going to hell. Now I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. I got moved over to a category. This is like adoption, right? Through Jesus, we're adopted into this dynamic family love of God. One of the things that became at least it became known to me, I suppose, was in the last few years, available now for you to listen to if you want to. And I will warn you that it's kind of tedious and not all the recordings are great. But uh, pretty much all of the recordings that are listenable of Francis Schaefer, all the years in Labrie are available for you to listen to on the internet now. It's called the uh, Labrie Library. And you can go and just hear Francis Schaeffer's teaching. I love Francis Schaeffer, read most of his books, and I thought, this is great! I get to go to Labrie anytime I want to. Labrie was the ministry that the Schaeffers had to to help people find the Lord and to get plugged deeper into the the theology that that helped people walk with God. So uh, at night, I've been listening to, to Francis Schaeffer. And uh, I knew a little bit about this, but I didn't. There's something I, I kind of learned listening to him. Um, Francis Schaeffer and Edith Schaeffer in 1948 went out to be missionaries in post-World War II Europe. And, you know, it was just bombed out. Some of his descriptions of of what was actually not there anymore because it was blown up and just debris everywhere and the hardship that Europeans were having because of the the war is pretty amazing. So they go over there, and they they live in Switzerland, and he kind of has this ministry uh, to children, like a children's ministry he and Edith do throughout Europe. But Francis Schaeffer, somewhere between 1948 and 1951, became horribly disillusioned in his faith. I won't go into all the details, but it had to do with the absolute meanness of Christians. Which he describes in detail. And he wrote a little writing called The Mark of the Christian is Love. And, uh, and he got really discouraged. He's swirling around. And at this time, as this burned out missionary, he told his wife Edith that he was going to be alone for as, quote, long as it took he wanted to go back to his agnosticism this is Francis Schaefer. because he had been an agnostic he wanted to go back to his agnosticism and reconsider everything so they had you know like a barn and there was a little room over the barn he said I'm going into the room over the barn and when I come out I'll either be a Christian or an atheist you'll just have to wait and see as a missionary's wife that wasn't very comforting so he goes into the barn or the the room over the barn, and uh, he spends like three months in there. I mean, he you know, came in and out, but <laughs> he spent a lot of time in the barn for three months, or the room over the barn for three months. And what did he do in the room over the barn for three months? So the first thing he did was he read the Bible through from cover to cover, several times. The next thing he did is he began to outline the major themes of the faith. The next thing he did was to work on and try to understand the nature of God. The nature of, of what grace really is, and um, and so we 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 basically one of his biographers said this: Schaefer had an encounter with the Trinity during this time. If you ask Schaefer what was the thing that made the difference, is he realized the nature of God as Trinity, and he came out on fire for God fully in possession of the knowledge of God's love, understanding the depth of God's grace and God's sacrifice for him out of the love of God more than ever, having an appreciation for the Holy Spirit and his activity and his work indwelling us that he had never really had before. He had an encounter with the Trinity that revolutionized his life. Through that experience, he taught what we he, he he taught we are to be in relationship with the whole Trinity. Now I want to read to you from uh the like if I would recommend one book to you from Schaefer, it's a book called True Spirituality. And we'll read to you kind of where Schaefer came in this experience from his book, okay? From true spirituality, the Holy Spirit indwelling the individual Christian is not only the agent of Christ, he is also the agent of the Father. Consequently, when I accept Christ as my Savior, my guilt is gone. I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and I am in communication with the Father and the Son, as well as the Holy Spirit, the entire Trinity. Thus, now in my present life, if I am forgiven and justified, I am in personal relationship with each of the members of the Trinity. God the Father is now my Father. I am in union With the Son, through His death, and I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit. This, he goes on to say, is not just meant to be a doctrine. This is what I now have because of who God is. I have Him. God is love. God is Trinity. God acted in love. The whole trinity. And now I have a relationship with God who is that trinity. I have a father. I think I told you all before, you know, my father died when I was 14 and a half. One of the first realizations that I had that just reduced me to tears as a new Christian was to realize that I have a Father. And He's not going to die. He is never going to leave. He is always there with me. And He is always there for me. And I cannot tell you after losing a father how much it meant to have a father and a relationship with a father that I could count on through the Spirit because of the Gospel through union. With Christ, he says, this is not just doctrine. It is what I now have. How exciting. John 17, 24. Father, I want those that you've given me to be with me where I am. To see my glory that you have given me because you have loved me before the creation of the world. And then we read in John fifteen nine, As the Father has loved me. He says to us, So I have loved you. Now live in my love. What is the love of God? It is the love of the Trinity. It is the family love of God. It is the love that broke out into history that sacrificed to have you. As much as the Father has loved me, just that much, so I have loved you. Now live in my love. Live with your Father live in my love, live with the Spirit. C.S. Lewis, again, from that same reading in Mere Christianity, says the whole dance or drama or pattern of this three-person, three-personal life is being played out in each one of us. Or, to put it the other way around, each of us has got to enter that pattern, take his place in that dance This is what we're invited to, what is actually real and has actually been before the foundation of the world, God who is love and God's love. Uh, C.S. Lewis says it's not just forgiveness. It's being invited into this dance, into this relationship. He says there is no other way to happiness, to the happiness for which we've been made, other than to experience the love of God who is love. Because God is personal, let me finish. Because God is personal and God is love, we get to participate in the divine nature through Jesus. We get to have all of that love, the same love that God has loved Jesus with before the foundation of the world. We get to participate in that dance. We get to rejoice. We get to worship. We get to discover purpose. We don't have to be sedentary. We don't have to be static because God's not static. And God's given us a great commission. God has given us a great commandment. God is sending us forth so that the beauty of the Trinity and the love of the Trinity can spill over the banks of the church through the gospel. That the Holy Spirit will open people's hearts, invite more people into this dance, more people into this family. And, and the closer and closer we get to this pulsating love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as we live, as Jesus says, dwell in his love, we will learn more about that love, and we will be able to love with his love. That's why spirituality is organic. It's something God gives us from before the foundation of the world, from heaven itself. It's not something we build god inside of us and we get to love other people the trinity is more than a mathematical equation of god's being and i think we do a disservice when we just start arguing about the hows of the trinity trinity is more than math the trinity is the ground the ground the only ground for relationship because relationship existed first And love, because love existed before all worlds, and meaning. Through the God who is love, who acted in love through Jesus, it is to join a family, it is to join the dance. Let's pray. Lord, as we want to learn about what it means to have union with you, Jesus, thank you that it means that we're adopted thank you that it means that you, God, are our Father. Jesus, you are our Savior, our Brother. Holy Spirit, you are the Comforter. You are the the Teacher, the One that leads us into all truth. If you've never put your trust in what Christ came from heaven to do for you, to take, yes, your sins upon Himself, and to remove them through the just punishment of your sins... On Jesus. On your behalf. And you see it. And you say, I want what Christ has done. And I want Christ. And you pray with me, Lord, I see it. I am a sinner. And I turn from everything that I've called religion. And I turn from everything that I've called Christianity. And I put my trust, Jesus, in what you've done for me on the cross. And what you, Father, did to Jesus to accomplish that. I receive You, Jesus, into my life, risen Christ, living Christ. And even now, we are—we have union together that will be never s- severed, and nothing will be able to separate me from Your love. Even now, You have given me not only forgiveness, but Your Spirit living within me. Oh God, I pray, as many of us have walked with You for years, Lord, that You would restore us to a a realization of God as Trinity, God as relationship, God as love, God as the one who saves because of who He is. We pray, Lord, that You would give us excitement about having You as a Father, a Savior, and the one who comes alongside, the Helper. And Lord, we pray that You, through this, would not only bring our our life with You, into a greater life, but would You bring it and bring us into love for You and for others? And would You glorify Yourself? And would You help other people see the glory of Jesus through the love that You've given the Son, Father, from before all worlds and that Jesus has given us. And we pray these things in His holy name. Amen.